Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word from heaven, Lord, the exhortation that goes deep into our souls. Thank you, Jesus. Your love is greater than any other thing, Lord. The fear of the Lord is the one thing you call us to pursue. Because as we heard, Lord, the one that has this, the fear of the Lord, will abide satisfied because that fear of the Lord tendeth to life. It has to do with having the abundant life to fear the Lord. As Jesus Christ said, the Son of God, the first great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Lord, to fear you is to love you, to come to you, to depend upon you, to draw everything we need from you. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. And if we have the fear of the Lord, we shall abide satisfied and we shall not be visited with evil. Thank you, Lord. Holy is the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing us close to you this morning. Continue to speak to us through your holy word, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, thank you. Amen. Jesus encounters a woman taken in adultery. We see the tremendous love of the Savior. His desire to restore life when death has come in. When sin is completed, it brings forth death. This woman was uh, among the walking dead because she was involved in sin. But the father's heart is so loving that he spoke to her through his son to give her a brand new life. Nobody else wanted to give her a brand new life even if they had the power. They wanted to kill her. The Lord came to give life that is abundant to such a person. In John chapter 7, before we read that section, as the Lord is having this confrontation with the people and the officers and the chief priests, it's written in John 7.45, Then the officers came to the chief priests, and Pharisees, these teachers of the Jewish law, these Bible teachers, the people in charge were told by the officers that they sent to take Jesus, to capture him. 
the leaders were told by the officers we never heard anyone speak like this man because they asked them we sent you to grab this man why didn't you bring him more and more commotion is being stirred because people are looking to him and he's doing miracles he's speaking we want to stop this we can't continue with business as usual we want to have our religion we want to have our way even if we don't have the fear of god they didn't love god and god said that as lord jesus christ told these people these leaders of judaism there much like a lot of the leaders today in christianity he told them he showed up and he told them to their face you don't have the love of god in you then what use is religion if the love of god which is equivalent to the fear of god is not there what use is everything else big buildings many events bible classes bible school sunday school choir choir practice big events for christmas and easter and all the celebrations imagine if the lord showed up to the churches and to the events the christians celebrate they love the lord so much so they would say he shows up and he says you don't have the love of god in you what a shock because they missed the essence because they didn't have the fear of the lord they didn't love the lord they sent people to capture the lord they wanted to arrest the lord the lord of life jesus said as we read earlier in the gospel of john if you don't have the son you don't have the father you don't have life so if they reject jesus christ they're rejecting yahweh because Jesus is Yahweh they were blinded because they cared about food and pleasure and power manipulation and deception this is how they lived the lord came to his temple he said you're making it a den of thieves and robbers it's like become a hideout my temple my father's house which should be a house of prayer a pure house is become a cave for robbers hiding out and doing their business you changed my father's house into a cave of thievery the lord came to judge by the word god already spoke before through the prophets he said the word will judge you that means these people ignored all of the instruction from the torah the jewish scriptures the law the instruction including the first five books of moses genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy and all the prophets the major prophets and the minor prophets the book of the psalms job ecclesiastes all of the books of poetry jesus was saying in these scriptures you think you have life but they talk about me and you don't want me therefore you don't want life how dangerous to not have the fear of god that means we lost everything and they lost everything because they got angry at the lord and they wanted to do away with him 
But can you do away with the second member of the Trinity? Without doing away with the first and third members of the Trinity, the Father and the Holy Spirit? They're rejecting God completely. They sent officers, these men with delegated authority and physical power. Go get him. They came back to headquarters. The chief priests and the Pharisees are wondering, where is he? We told you to get him. What happened? These men that were supposed to go and discharge their duties by capturing the Lord, arresting him and bringing him here, they said, no man ever spoke like this man. Something was convicting them. We wanted to go and lay hands on him to grab him, to seize him, to arrest him. But the words that he's speaking, it's arresting us. Then the Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? All the people, the crowds are deceived. What about you? What happened to you? We gave you the job. Are you also deceived? What's going on here? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? We know more than you, officers. We're the governors and the mayors and the presidents. You're just the local cops. We have authority. We have learning. We have law degrees. We know a whole lot more than you. You're supposed to just go and grab him. And you're talking about he speaks differently than any other man. Are you deceived? Has he, has he gotten to you too? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? Such would be the question of some relatives, older people, respected people, people in power and authority. Don't you think we know better? You're believing in Jesus? You don't know anything. We know all about that Christian God. We have the best and the most ancient religion. Are you also deceived? Have we, any of us, believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Notice the words from Satan breathing threatenings through these Pharisees and chief priests. They said the crowd believes in him because they're ignorant. They have no knowledge. And are you also without knowledge? If you're believing in Jesus, this is how Satan will speak to people of God sometimes. People who are born again, born of the blood of Jesus Christ, born of water and spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. The devil will come and say, I don't believe anything you're saying. I don't think it's worth anything. I think you're deceived. I think you need help. You've lost your mind. You're believing in Jesus. Don't you know what we have? We've got the law. We don't know where he came from. But the truth is, the Lord told them, and he would tell them again, you don't have God's word abiding in you. You claim to know God's word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God it's written in the Torah. 
those very words that man's life depends upon God's word coming from his mouth not by the physical bread that we eat hallelujah and they claim to know that Jesus said no you don't know that you don't have love you don't have faith you don't have righteous judgment you're way off and look at what they do they turn and put the blame on the people saying they don't know the word of God that's why they're going after as we read in John chapter 1 the eternal word of God but this crowd doesn't know the truth they're cursed that's why they're going after Jesus and you too officers Nicodemus who came to Jesus by night being one of them he was a ruler he spoke up he came by night in John chapter 3 by this time so much conviction has come into him that he's speaking up before he came by night he wouldn't want to be caught with Jesus in the daytime daylight see the growth of a disciple of Jesus a real disciple and we know when the Lord was crucified he came with Joseph another secret disciple a prominent man they both came to take down the body of the Lord Jesus from the cross and give him an honorable burial they came out into the open the devil says come out come out come out of the closet the devil said come out tell people who you really are mean violent immoral go ahead pervert yourself pervert society come out of the closet be bold be brash be proud and gather other people and march up and down and say who you are let the people know you're into gross immorality and perversion and violence wickedness pride coming out like the mire and dirt cast up by the sea troubled waves bring it all out come out of the closet the devil says Lord says my people come out of the closet are you willing to speak up for the truth when people are speaking out and standing up for a lie Nicodemus who came to Jesus by night being one of them said to them does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing he said please fellow rulers we shouldn't pass judgment and look at what his own people in the office his colleagues now they turned their attention from the officers first they despised the crowd who went after Jesus because they hated Jesus then their own officers they're shocked and they're despising them and saying you don't know anything now Nicodemus you can just see those eyes now turning to the side again shocked and angry because Nicodemus was speaking the truth saying let's give a fair hearing shall we they answered and said to him are you also from Galilee you're supporting that man from Galilee they missed the scriptures in Micah chapter 5 verse 2 that the ruler the ancient of days the Messiah is going to come out of Bethlehem all they know is Galilee and Nazareth can anything good come out of Nazareth as Nathaniel said and these people from Galilee those backward people by the sea these fishermen Nicodemus are you from Galilee too that's why you're supporting that man 
Search and look, for no prophet has, has risen out of Galilee. As we mentioned the other day, they completely missed Isaiah 53 about Jesus coming as a suffering servant, as a lamb who would give his life for the world to take away the sins. They were expecting someone to come on a white horse, perhaps, with a sword, Messiah from heaven, and cut down the Romans and everyone, and then do what? Put up the Pharisees and chief priests as the heroes right under him in a new messianic age. Completely missed the scriptures, had no love of God in them, totally deceived. If they feared the Lord, like Nicodemus began to fear God, they would have known Jesus is the one I need. He's the only one I need. In the next verse we see, and everyone went to his own house. They have their own castle built on sand. And they feel very comfortable in the castle, even though destruction is coming. The Lord Jesus warned the Pharisees, these rulers. He said, you're going to die in your sins because you're rejecting life. But everyone went to, this, went to his own house. As long as I have a place to go to, I have a TV that I can turn on and phone that I can just open up. Somebody to give me comfort in my lies. I want to call up so-and-so. And I feel like unwinding a little bit and let me think about the good old days. The devil will give everything a person could crave for so long as they don't have time for Jesus to kneel before him and talk to him every day and worship him because he knows that's something he can't afford to let happen. That means the death of him and the loss of his soul from hell, going to hell. We need to be keen and wise. Oh, God, there's one thing I need today more than that presentation at work or in college or school. More than the people I have to meet today. Lord, more than the things I need to do. Oh, more than my very life. I need God's life. Zoe. God's life. Bubbling up within me. That I can walk as a living testimony in this world. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Everyone went to his own house. Wrangling and arguing. But what did the Lord do? Did he have a home? He stayed and shared. Sometimes the residential regions of Peter. But essentially he was on the road. Somebody came up one day and said, Rabbi, Lord, Master, we want, I want to follow you. You've got it. You're, you're everything. I, I see that you can do miracles and you speak like no one else. I feel like my life is just full of light when I'm near you. I'm going to follow you with everything I've got. Jesus looked at that person and said, Foxes have holes. The birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You want to follow me? Are you ready to leave your comfort zone? The foxes, they have holes to go to. They have little dens. Like these people, everyone went to his own house, like the foxes. The birds are there, they have their nests. But me, 
I don't have anywhere to put my head down. I don't have a place of my own. I came to give my life away. Will you follow me? To follow Jesus will cost us everything. To receive the gift of everlasting life costs us nothing. But to hold it honorably to the end, to receive that final salvation, is to follow Jesus. Because not to follow Jesus, as we'll see in this very chapter 8 later on, is to walk in darkness. And God is light, and in Him there's no darkness. So if I walk in darkness, I'm not following Him. I'm not in the light. I cannot be with Him. I receive the gift of light, salvation, life. My sins on His body were brutally battered and murdered for my wickedness. And He gives me His life, the Prince of Life, Gives me his life. Brand new life. And he says, follow me. There are people who came and said, I'll follow you. But first I need to go and bury my father. He died. I need to take care of the funeral. And a lot of things I got to do. God doesn't say don't take care of your own. But in this case, this man really put other things above Jesus. And so the Lord told him, let the dead bury the dead. You go and follow me. You want to follow me? You want to be a disciple? That means being a soldier. No longer entangled, entangled in civilian affairs, but you're enlisted to please the one who enlisted you. Another one said, I bought some property. I got to go settle. Another one said, I just got married. He said, you're not worthy to follow me. God's not against marriage, buying property, doing business. But he says, when you put those things above me, you're not worthy of me. We're talking about God Almighty who made everything in the universe, who holds the entire universe together in our lives, and he's paid the price on the cross with his blood. Can we put anything above him? We fall down and worship him. To follow him means to die to ourselves, our comfort zone. As we heard, in the prophetic exhortation. The fear of the Lord means we really love God. We'll follow Him. And He will take us to meet people we've never met, to places we've never been, and to do the impossible. The same God, as we heard, who sent the prophet Elijah to Ahab and other prophets to rulers, not to have lunch with them, but to deliver the word of God. Can God trust you? To be a man or woman who would fear the living God and say, Lord, I love you supremely. Whatever you say, I'll do. I die to my desires, my comfort zone. No matter how hard it may be, I will follow you to the end. Oh, my Lord, prepare me. Help me as I prepare myself. They went to their own houses, but he went to where? the Mount of Olives and have a home over there. We see in the Gospels that many times the Lord retired to pray, spend much time with the Father. He was recharged. He received His directions. Tremendous picture of humility and love between the Son and the Father. 
And that's the relationship God has for us. Pure love. Pure love. The sweetness of God's love just falling on us like a blanket to comfort us. He holds us in His love. There's no trial, no hardship that can take us away from His love if we hold on to His love. He went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple. He's not done. He's not done. Whose temple is it? It's his temple. It's his father's house. And he was doing what his father told him to do. He didn't stop. Be encouraged. If the devil has tempted you to withdraw, retract, get diverted, distracted, say no. Get out in Jesus' name. I will do what my father told me to do. Because his word, his instructions are life to me. I delight to do your will, O God. I will speak to anyone and everyone that my Father tells me to speak to about Him, about Jesus. I will tell my testimony of what great things my Lord has done for me. How can the wicked and people who don't know God be bolder than the righteous? doesn't make any sense. We have life. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the love of God. So much so that in our deep compassion that we receive from God. We want to tell people the good news. It's like a parent telling the child. The child could be kicking and screaming. The child could be bad-mouthing the parent, even rebellious, and blaming the parent. But the parent doesn't get shaken at all because the parent knows what the truth is and the role of the parent and the love of the parent for that child who's deceived and confused. What does a good parent do? Continue to give the truth, the proper instruction. Not phased. How much more we have our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit, we have the Son of God. Don't get phased when people say all kinds of things against Jesus and against you for following Jesus. Be strong. Be bold. For the Lord your God is with you. He went to the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. They thought they can catch him. You know, he's so loving and he's talking things radical and he's trying to find fault with us. Let's see what he does with this woman. According to the law, according to the law, he's supposed to get rid of her. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now, the Lord would actually tell these Pharisees and a lot of these rulers, you are adulterous because you're divorcing left and right for any old reason. You're breaking the law of God. Look at them. They catch a woman caught in adultery. They bring that woman. And they think they're justified. Human nature will always look to find fault and blame other people to go and inspect and bring out the speck in their eyes, ignore a big old log in their own eyes. These people are completely off. Imagine the grief and the anger of the Lord. Wicked people, why don't you just listen and have God's love in you? Then you won't be so quick to judge and condemn others. When you yourself 
are caught up in a deeper adultery, spiritually and physically many times, these people. They're teaching the law. They said, well, now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? Devil always coming to try to catch God in his own words. But the Bible says God will catch the crafty in their own craftiness. Can't deceive God and trap him. He's Almighty God. These evil people, it's like Satan in the book of Revelation. After he's been captured by that mighty angel and thrown, yes, the devil thrown into a bottomless pit, chained up for a thousand years and then let loose. He's going to come out with rage thinking he can still take God. God just sent one of his angels to capture Satan. And he thinks he can take God. That's the kind of blind rage that can come into people because they're incited by the devil to try to fight God and to outwit God. And they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. We're not obligated to answer everyone for everything they say. When we're led by the Spirit of God, sometimes God will say, no matter how much ranting and raving is going on and challenges from people, why do you believe in Jesus and how could you say Sometimes God will say, don't say anything. Not because we're afraid. We don't have answers. They're not worthy of the answers. Even if you speak, they won't receive it. There are times in which to keep quiet. Times in which to speak. Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. He's led by the Father, moment by moment. The Father didn't want him to say anything. He stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. Some significance there, he wrote on the ground. The Lord doesn't do anything haphazardly and without purpose. The same fingers wrote the law of God on the stone tablets and deliver them to Moses. That same finger that gave the law at Sinai was writing on the ground right in front of them. As though he did not hear. So then when they continued asking him, now it's time to speak, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Whoever among you that has brought this woman to me caught in adultery, being with a man that's not her own, doing things that are unlawful to be done outside of marriage, you caught her. God's law says to stone her. That's what you're telling me? Those of you who are so confident that you're righteous, you have the right to condemn her, and you want me to condemn her? If you're so insistent on destroying her life, let's see what your life is like. If you don't have sin with you and in you, go ahead. Be the first to throw the stone. Any of you. They issued a challenge to uncover their hearts. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. 
And those who heard it being convicted in their conscience, by their conscience, inside they know they've got sin. The power of God's word and his presence overpowered their foolishness and their hatred and their unjust condemnation, hypocritical condemnation. And one by one they left the scene, beginning with the oldest, presumably, the one who knows more of the law, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone in the woman standing in the midst. I mentioned a few days ago, although I'm not in the habit of being on Facebook at all, time to time the Lord would have a purpose and I was looking at something and then something else came up and it was actually a girl in a rehab program where we ministered and she was so blessed every time we ministered there and Pastor would pray but she lost touch and she began to pursue ministry also even traveled I believe and she either originated the post or she reposted what others have posted, had posted. But this depiction of Jesus left alone with a woman caught in adultery. Whoever the artist was drew the woman naked and the Lord sitting in front of her. Because it's written she was caught in the very act of adultery. It does not mean that the woman was unclad, unclothed. It doesn't mean that these people would do that, bring her unclothed and leave her unclothed in front of the Lord. That the Lord would be sitting there talking to a woman without clothing as if to say it's okay. The perverseness of humanity, even people who claim to know God and even ministers to think that, well, this is authentic art and original and really captures my attention. Isn't that so beautiful to see that woman like a baby, unclothed, a sinner, and Jesus is there and he's talking to her while she has no clothes on. We need to know that God is holy. And this kind of disgusting representation of his encounter with this woman is far into the scriptures. And what is the effect on those people it had zero effect on me because I love the Lord and I'm holy. But it stirred up God's indignation within me as it will with anybody who's walking with God. But how many people who are carnally minded, believers who are weak and unbelievers who'd be examining that woman in the picture because they're perverted how even the things of God, if we're not careful, Satan would try to have his hand there. We need to know God is holy. His people are holy. Be careful of the art you admire, the media, the conversation may be characterized by God's holiness. And Jesus was left alone with this woman standing in the midst. The people themselves 
the woman herself, do you think she'd be there without clothing? Even wicked people know. I don't want to be seen in public without clothing. But how the devil tries to twist and mar the innocence and the holiness of the scriptures, God himself, bringing something so low. Why? In the name of showing God's love. Here's this sort of picture. Utterly corrupt. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? No one no one's around anymore? That wanted you to die? What happened to all the people, woman? She said, There's no one left, Lord. No one. There's no one here to condemn me. He was conveying to her, I'm responsible for protecting you even though you're so evil. You betrayed your husband. Are you taking somebody else's husband? You've done something very evil. Now you're standing before the God of holiness. What happened to the people that wanted to stone you minutes ago? Is no one around to condemn you? No one, Lord. He's saying, I'm the one who sent them all away. The grace of God has come to you. And Jesus said to her, I'm the judge. I also don't condemn you. You're free. I have forgiven you. Technically, you should be killed. But my love covers a multitude of sins. I've forgiven you. I'm giving you a brand new life. I love you. You're my child now. If you'll receive my forgiveness and live differently. Now go. Don't sin anymore. Don't get caught up running around with men anymore who you're not married to. One man for one woman. Holy matrimony before God for life. Don't do what the devil had enslaved you to do all these years. He said, I have freed you. I've forgiven you. God speaks hope, love, a bright future. Oh God, you've taken away my shackles. I thought I'd be with them forever. I feel so disgusted, especially standing before you, Lord, because all my sins, you know, did I hear right? Instead of telling me when the gavel comes down that this is the punishment, I'm hearing, I love you and I've forgiven you. No more charges against you. Oh, my God. Oh, is this too good to be true? Oh, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But the Lord said, no, don't go back to your crime. 
Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Darkness equals death. Sin equals darkness. Sin equals death. He told the woman, in essence, you have been cleansed from your darkness. My light has come into your life. Now you have to follow me. Don't go back to darkness. Whoever follows me will no longer be in darkness. No more drugs, period. No more alcohol, period. No more cigarettes, period. No more lying, period. No more stealing, period. No more hatred and murder and prejudice. No more. Everything is washed out. Every evil that I have acquired in this world and by practice, by habit, and by observation, by mingling, and by meddling in sin myself. Oh, the whole thing is gone in one shot through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the word of forgiveness from my Savior. Oh, Jesus, I want to follow you wherever you go, wherever you go. I know it's going to be not easy, Lord. But I know the path is going to be full of your presence leading me to glory. The Lord is very clearly showing that with the forgiveness and the new life that He gives each of us, we have nothing to do with evil. We must not be caught with evil any longer. That's the gift of life God has given us. The Lord says, be careful when the devil comes around and says, oh, why don't you call this person? Why don't you go here? You're not doing anything wrong. You're just kind of, you know, Showing them that you care. Maybe you can tell them about Jesus. The devil has a trap set up for you. Be careful. Be careful to be led by the Holy Spirit every day. To wait on the Lord. Just as we heard about the magazine that was there 10 years ago. We waited on the Lord 10 years. How many people would do that? We need to sit quietly and wait on the Lord, no matter how long he says to wait, until he says to move. Because he will say to move and do when he sees us ready and the people that we are sent to ready. Prematurely, it will be a disaster for both, particularly for the people of God. But he's let this woman go he told her, you have to fear me. It's not a fear of God's going to crush me. It's not that kind of fear. But it's that reverential awe that this almighty God, oh Lord, your forgiveness. Jesus, the whole town was against me. The law caught up to me and you have forgiven me. How could that be? Such is the love of God. And God says, now, you're free. Don't go back to slavery. Don't go back to sin. Whoever commits sin, violation of my word, is a slave of sin. Don't go back into it. You're free now. Stay free by following the light. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Oh God, thank you, Father. I worship you, 
Almighty God, there is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace, for you are my righteousness. Hallelujah. I give you praise. My everything. My life now is one of worship. By listening to God's word and following his every commandment to me. To walk in the light. Have your fear in me, Lord. So that you will open doors for me. To go to people I've never met before to go to places Lord I've never been to and to do the impossible in the name of Almighty God God wants to use our lives thank you Jesus Lord you want to use our lives to set people free from condemnation from sin from darkness so they can have a brand new start thank you Jesus like you did for us but Lord, we must learn to sit at your feet and learn all we're supposed to. Never make a move until you move, Lord. We love you. We adore you. Help us ever to have the fear of the Lord in us, Lord, to abide satisfied, not be visited with evil. Though hardships will come, let evil have no place in any of our lives. Blessed be your name, our God who heals our souls, our souls that were torn up you came, Lord, and you took crushed people, oppressed by Satan and full of guilt and sin, broken up. You have made us whole and healed us so that our bodies can be healed too, our relationships. Everything that is godly may come into our lives and we live for you forever, Lord. One day receive the crown from your hands. Death cannot stop us. Nothing can stop us. Separate us from your love. We thank and praise you for the love you've shown to this adulterous woman. All the adultery that we've been involved in, Lord, spiritual and physical, you're forgiven, Lord, with one word of love. The judge has stepped down from the judge's seat and went to the cross to pay, pay the punishment. Pay the penalty. Take the punishment so that we can go free and live for you. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Bless your people this day to walk in the fear of the Lord, full of your life, full of your love, full of your truth. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.